The QPR podcast is in association with 101greatgoals.com. For post-match Premier League press conferences, FIFA 15 videos, freestyle clips and much more, subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash 101greatgoalsyt. QPR! Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. I'm here with a collection of other QPR fans. Uh, Clive Whittingham from Loft for Words. Evening, hello. Evening, that's about as positive as Clive will get, I suspect, yep. as the evening wears on. Um, then we have BT Sports' very own Christopher Charles. Hello. Hello, Chris. Hello, David. Uh, you seem surprised by that intro. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that you actually managed to remember where I work this week. I know. I mean, I, I don't remember where I work some weeks, but yeah, yeah exactly. no, well done. And um, Funky Flowers, uh, Paul Finney. Hello. How are you, Paul? Oh, yeah, particularly very, really happy. I couldn't be happier. Get on with it. I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. And and um, also, uh, sitting next to Gabe, our wonderful engineer, is we have a guest tonight. We have Eric from Sweden, um, who is a QPR fan, but is here in a journalistic capacity. Don't ask us why, but... It was his first game, I believe, on his first Premier League game on Saturday. Is that right? And probably his last. <laughs> you know, you're interviewing someone who doesn't have a microphone. Yeah, okay. But I tell you, can I just mention that he's got a, t- f- f- a t-shirt which says "Against Modern Football." Could you just explain that well, one? We all all against modern. Football. Uh, yes, uh, I am a bit uh, afraid of the development within football, which I see in a lot of countries, which we managed to keep out of the Swedish league because of the system we have. And um, I usually wear this in my Swedish game to make statements against the modern football. Okay, right, that's, that's fine. Deep. I'm against modern football as well, to be honest. To be fair, Particularly that, if it happens at Loftus Road. To be fair, I stuck in beside Paul Hull on, on, on Saturday. Did you enjoy yourself with Paul, by the way? Paul's a nice fella, but he does shut a lot during Did games. he bring uh, um, Emu with him? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I bet he's never heard that before. I bet yeah. he's, he's probably switched the podcast off now so we can carry on. Crack on. Um, oh, well, right, let's talk with Saturday. Clive. <sighs> if it may as well have been a defeat, right? Well, yeah, to all intents and purposes, we may as well have lost it 3-0. Can someone just explain why you played four centre-halves? <sighs> That's what I think, about at the moment. Well, if I understand that, I might understand the tactics. I don't know. I think you can, you can make an argument maybe for starting... I mean, the four centre-back thing is maybe because he's expecting West Ham to come in and be big and physical and, you know, just Sam Allardyce. I think more of the problem was the, the defensiveness of the midfield... Uh, because obviously Carl Henry started wide left against Chelsea to very good effect, but then Chelsea are, you know, sadly a decent team with a, with a very attacking fullback down that side. Mm. And West Ham are neither a good team nor with an attacking fullback down that side. So it restricted us to going basically purely through Phillips, who was playing against one of the best left backs in the Premier League, who incidentally we could have had very cheaply from Ipswich at any point over the last four years while we were busy, you know, signing Jose Basingua and getting kids on loan from Man United and whatever. But Cresswell's obviously very good and he, he really nullified Phillips. So, you know, the midfield tactics didn't really work out. I can see the argument for getting into the game and getting a foothold in it because if you think about our London derby record, which I've got in front of me and we'll furnish you with shortly. Is that what you've got on a scrap? Research. Of, research like you've, you've torn off a bit of an envelope yeah. and you've got some scribbles on it. Is our that, London derby yeah. record in the Premier League over the last three years is played 29 lost 19, 
drawn five uh won five conceded 46 uh including on two separate occasions six in a single game uh, and mm. scored 18 so maybe the idea was get in the game don't be out of it before it's even begun like we were at palace and then bring fur on you know d- and that you know go for it why do you end. say that but we beat arsenal spurs and chelsea twice not with this team no no i'm saying london derby record mm. it sounds bad but the games have won the games you wouldn't expect us to win it's oh fan- yeah fantastic but in games like saturday against teams like west ham palace and whatever we have frequently just rolled over and often been out of them before they've even started so maybe he was thinking we'll get a foothold in the game we've got fur to come on for the last 20 minutes and you know we'll increase the momentum but it just never happened they couldn't increase the tempo mm. it just died it absolutely died a, a sad death basically but you've, you've, you've got a better eye than me because i'm squinty Let's forget that for two seconds. Right. But it seemed to me when we were taking corners and free kicks, there was an awful lot talking to the bench as if... Do we go? Do, do we, we not go? They were, actually, were, they, were they properly told yeah. what to do with the tactics? It looked to me like everyone was like, it was on the hoof. Oh, forgive me the pun. It was like, what do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do now? It wasn't like they, looked, they didn't look like they were drilled. West Ham made three or four changes from last week. Uh, maybe that caught us on the hop. Did I see that? No, no, no. You said forgive the pun and I was trying to work out what the pun hoof, was. Because we kept hoof the ball. We are working with what we've yeah. got with the hoofing. Yeah. You know, we've got Zamora in Austin. Can you want to come back in again, David? No, go on. Right. <laughs> Carry on, Clive, sorry. Yeah, we, I mean, we are working with what we've got to a degree, but I just, I thought that was his intention, that we would, up, just, you know, up the tempo and just make sure we were in the game. But the tempo, there was just no tempo to it at all. Charlie Austin got his head down after the penalty miss. Um, mm. It was just, there was nothing to it. You know, it looked like nil-nil from miles and miles before the end. Um, it, was, it was a dreadful, dreadful game of football. If anything, they looked more dangerous in the break than we did. If we're going to be, oh, they had just as many chances that we could have easily lost. And but you know, it wouldn't have made any difference. A draw is as good as a loss, isn't it? But even says a disallowed goal, which was a goal, clearly a goal. The only time I've ever seen that given that sort of mm. goal given was the Rob Green one against West Brom a couple of years ago at Christmas. When oh, the, okay. But that goal gets disallowed ninety nine times out of a hundred. That doesn't make it right. It just no, it just true. does. And. An outstanding save towards the end from um, Adrian, from uh, Matt Phillips. Adrian! Mm. <laughs> Adrian. He's, I mean, good, he's a good keeper, isn't he? Chris save. is still in the room then. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He is actually it's one of the best up. goalkeepers I've seen, to be fair. In, uh, 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 you know, he, he won't be there next season at all. He's having a fantastic season. Good player. Yeah. Then again, Aldous will be there next season. So that's the thing that got me. It didn't look, they were playing for their manager. They didn't look up for it. And we just didn't seem to know how to control the game, go for it. I'd have gone three at the back and, and just gone three up front. Just just gone for it. Just just ran at them. He, well, said, I think, well, I mean, he said before the game, front foot, blood and thunder. Yeah, and there just yeah, wasn't yeah. any of that, was there? Mm. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't think Carl Henry and left wing belong in the same sentence. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, for a variety, certainly not having seen his tweet. Well, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. For a variety of reasons, it was but quite funny. I did laugh. I think against against West Ham, I agree. Yeah, Chelsea. Okay, maybe you know that is quite literally a different ball game. But against West Ham, I think it's that stage of the season when. A point is no good to us. A point at home to West Ham is no good mm. to us. And why Tarabt is on the bench and doesn't get a look in, I don't know. I mean, I know it's the age of... Oh. Yeah, yeah, but I know you two are you absolute two. massive fans yeah, of Tarabt. You guys. Single day again, Chris, for yeah, no reason. No, but, you'll still be saying that in three years' time. He'll have left us three no. seasons ago. I don't okay. know why well, we didn't play Tarabt on Saturday. Who else could change a game then? Yeah. Who I mean, else could change a game? But, what I'm saying is, persevering well, with Henry Matt for the whole... seems to be giving it a pretty good go. Yeah, I know, but come on, David. I mean, are you going to play Henry left or you're going to bring Adele in, give him a proper rule and give, give ourselves a chance for but a killer we pass. But we have had four different managers now that don't pick him. 
Yeah. I don't care. But what's it's the point? It, there it, is something going on with that boy at he's training nuts. or his attitude or whatever. There is something going no, on. I, they don't pay, I don't understand why you would leave him on the bench with an unused sub in a game you need to win either. Exactly. I don't, I, I, no, there I, must be a reason. No, and I mean, I, to, I totally get all that, but that, surely yeah. surely it's worth a gamble. For the t- I can't remember it was earlier this season. He came on for the last 10 minutes and created more in that 10 minutes than we, we'd seen in the whole match. Okay, he didn't score. He didn't set up a winner. But what I'm saying is, surely... For for the last 20 minutes, he's going to be more effective than Carl Henry when you're trying to win a game. And In nothing theory, against Carl yeah. Henry. He's done a brilliant job for us this season. But he, he's not going to be the one. I mean, he's had one brilliant goal, but he's not going to be yeah. the bloke who... who he's who, not going to do a 40-yard pass, In theory, I completely agree with you. Interrupt, I thought, was our best player at Burnley and was probably our best player at Palace, best of an awful, awful yeah. bunch. Mm. But there's, there must be a... Re- he's not... Ramsey's not standing there well, he's thinking... Bonkers, isn't he? He's not standing there thinking, oh, if I bring Adele on, we might win, but I'm not going to just... You know, well, but, for the hell of it. There but, must be a reason. Okay, but why put him on the bench then? Numbers. Why put Sean Wright Phillips on the bench? He yeah. never even... Sean Wright Phillips didn't even warm up. I mean, he was literally there because we had to name however many subs, you know. But it's not... It's not the, 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 this is the whole essence of what really... I can't swear, can I? I get frustrated about because this season, there's been so many bad managerial decisions by Redknapp and by Ramsey. And I like Chris Ramsey. I think he's a, a proper gentleman. He does things properly. But... The, the West Ham kid, unknown, was a complete mess up that you wouldn't expect a conference Zorata. to make. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, think, little things that we keep doing the same mistakes time after time after t- Real Ferdinand brought in. Makes a mockery of this idea that we've learned. Yeah, you know, we've we keep actually, saying we've learned. The lessons know, this season will be saying we've learned them lessons, but it was too right. late. We'll be, this is, the thing that we, and the club need to come out and be honest, we need to understand what's going to happen with this fan. We need to understand what's going to happen next season because not only will we lose the TV money, we're going to get hammered as well. And we're going to get hammered with players and I know a lot of players are out, but there's still people on Well, as far as, as far as that's concerned, I mean, they're probably not in a position to come out and speak on that because I, I don't think anybody knows what's happening with but that. But I think what Paul, what Paul says is right. Is we, there is The uncertainty around the place is not just about the division we're going to be and we don't know what our squad is going to look like. We mm. don't know what the finances are going to look like. Anything. If The final point I'd make on Carl Henry on the left wing is that thanks to Harry and his wheeling dealing and his uh, agent friends, we haven't had a left winger all season. We have struggled yeah. all season for left yeah, wing. No. We've picked Fur there, Cranchar there. I mean, Cranchar at Villa was a disaster <laughs> on that side. So you, you can sort of see why he's gone down a safe route. But like you say, it was a game we needed to win. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I think, yeah, go, okay, go for a safe route. Uh, you know, if it's three or four games ago when we just needed something on the board to build on, or keep the momentum going, but in terms of uh, in terms of this game, I mean, it was it was it was do or die, shit or oh, whoops, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> By the way, the only reason why we're trying to keep the swearing out is not because we're being very schoolmasterly or whatever. It's because the iTunes rating gets affected if we get an explicit. No, the thing rating. was though, I, I, I carry on. I was going to further torture. I was going to yes. say that word yeah, and then exactly. think. I was I, I was aware of it, but I got it the wrong way. I was going to say that word and then think of another word for it. bust. They will have missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it kind um, of ruins a passion, though, doesn't it? You're in the middle of a, a, a thrust of yeah. morningness. But I th- just do him. Do but the, the thing with thing. The thing with Ramsey is that um, I don't know. But, but my opinion on whether I want him as manager next season changes on a on a, on a yeah. game to game basis. That's he has one thing. brilliant game. Yeah, Villa. You know, West mm. Brom, even mm. Chelsea, we lost. Yeah, and then he has a Palace. I know, it's, it's, and and he for, for all the good he's done, I mean, he has had a few true. stinkers. You know, sticking Phillips out on the left, and albeit he sort of corrected that eventually. Um, I mean, Furlong. I mean, it's all. I know we can be wise after the event, but 
putting him up against Sanchez, maybe not the the, the best best idea he's ever had. Um, but equally, he's, he's he's done some good stuff. He's brought back. Uh, I mean, you were talking, Clive, about how how the atmosphere at away games has improved since Redknapp's gone because people aren't quite so angry. And and I think he's brought that, a may, bit to, of, that may be to do more with the fact what I, and I can't even think of a swear word that isn't a swear word <laughs> for that, Red, for Redknapp. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just to do with the fact that yeah. that horrible, horrible has gone but I mean I think rather than because Chris Ramsey has that horrible arrived. but I think it's more to just it's just picking the team it's it's giving you know giving the youth the, the, the chance uh, albeit sometimes maybe in the wrong games but it's it's generally bringing, bringing a bit of the feel good facts back which sounds ridiculous when we're in a relegation yeah. scrap I know but it, it's people because are starting to because the better is it yeah well, it's, just not, red, ten, it's just not red now. yeah so. and you know he comes you know I'm sure he's sick of being described as a nice guy but he does come across as a, a nice fellow who cares about the club but yeah I, I just like you say I mean one minute you think yeah he should definitely definitely do it next season and then you, you see something like Saturday and the thing like, is I, mm. I go back to what I was saying the players didn't look prepared for the game Saturday I'm not blaming the manager for that I don't know what went wrong but there was a lot of times in that game when people were just looking blankly at each other and if you can't beat a West Ham side that poor in, on that pitch in that performance then you can't argue if you get really good at we couldn't have picked two better home games to finish with than West Ham and Newcastle and we've just no. made a right pick yeah. here with the first one what, just be, we, we, we've got Simon Barker on the phone we're going to go to him in a minute quick question would we have more than 27 points if Harry Redknapp was our manager I, I, even, if we, even if we would or we wouldn't it'd I mean, be a couple in either direction who cares I'm just, I'm just we would have gone down. It's irrelevant. They should have gone down. You can't. You can't. They should have been brave and cite Redknapp after the playoff final. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but a lot of people said at the time, and someone at the club wanted to do it. It was they were stopped from doing it. It was dangerous. I think when Harry Redknapp saying, "Oh, when we went down to ten men, I was thinking about what golf club I was going to join, and I was going to go." But now we're back in the Premier League. I'll stay Mm. and give it a bit of a go. Ah, That that's an alarm right there. (laughs) I think the West Ham away game was a big. That oh, that was yeah, a point yeah, when he could yeah. have gone, yeah. uh, and Burnley away, maybe you know that would have at least given us some transfer window. But you could argue any away game up to Sunderland, he should have gone really, couldn't you? But in yeah. the in the answer to that question, I mean, I think we'd probably be seven points down already against Sunderland, Villa, and West Brom because I don't mm. think uh, we'd have won. You know, I think we'd have lost lo- all nineteen away games. Yeah, re- the way Redknapp approached. So it. yeah, I I I, I think it's. Um, the trouble is, Redknapp never got us. He never seemed, and maybe he did care, uh, didn't come across very well, he didn't put himself across. He didn't seem that he wanted to really be here. Mm. It was clearly there because he was on a big salary. He was using the same agents that he used to Portsmouth and Southampton and West Ham. Same, but the players are an awful lot older, they're not young anymore, and just going for the same agents, the same players. For whatever reason, I don't know. Oh yes, well, why um, on earth could he have done that? Did doing. you see the stat last uh, that came out last week? That last season, I am being sarcastic, by the way. When we were in the championship, <laughs> yeah, uh, we had the eighth highest wage bill in the country. Yeah. Oh yeah, as a championship team, yeah. And all this, you know, and he gave it every week. Well, I don't know why we should be favourites for promotion. You know, we've had to get rid of twenty players. We've had to cut costs and whatever. We spent seventy-five million quid last season on wages and players. We lost 75 million on t- and whatever our turnover is on top of that. So we actually spent more than 75 million mm. with the eighth biggest wage bill in the country. And we squeaked up in the, in the way that we did all the while Redknapp going hard, very hard league. <laughs> Huddersfield, Huddersfield, good team. Yeah, Huddersfield. Top that, I mean, we're not in that league this year. Though. Huddersfield won the league title. <laughs> not sure we didn't get the sad, eight the sad thing is, I know league. we want to go to Barker, but do you know what the sad thing is? 
it wasn't that hard of a division to stay up this year in, to be fair. No, it, it's it's not. A, no a, a decent, you're right. De- decent, decent purchase power, decent players, decent management situation. We would have stayed up easily. Some very poor teams just above us. So are we, have we accepted our fate now? Are we, you know... Well, I have. Let's come back to that. Okay. Let's okay. come back to that. One thing is for certain, if we get nothing from our next two away games, we... Well, we have to be down because you're not going to stay up on like maximum. Must win, must win, must win. Exactly. You're not going to stay up on ma- on um, maximum 33, which is what we would get if we didn't get anything from our next two away games. Man City in a fortnight, but this weekend, Liverpool. How do you beat Liverpool? We have beaten them before at Anfield. QPR won there 24 years ago. Simon Barker was in that team and he is waiting for us now. Simon, help us finish the following sentence we can win on Saturday by <laughs> uh, hard work attention to detail and luck and signing Jesus <laughs> <laughs> we, we I, I wouldn't say we're, we're grabbing onto sort of any any semblance of hope we can but you know how to win at Anfield in a QPR shirt Tell us how you did it in 1991. It was 3-1. Goals from, if, if, if we haven't got it wrong, Ferdinand, Wilson and Wegerly, I think. How did you do it? Um, again, hard work, <laughs> skill, <laughs> teamwork and luck. Um, we, had, we had some very good players in those days. Very, very good players. Um, we had Les Ferdinand, which always made a massive difference uh, for us. Somebody who could score goals, um, could create goals. Roy Wegerly, Andy Sinton, um, you know, very, very creative players um, and always uh, could get you a goal. Uh, I remember at the time, actually, we had uh, Andy Tilson and Darren Peacock who'd come from lower leagues who were playing centre-half uh, along with Danny Maddox. So, um, Rufus Brevitt as well come to, uh, had come from lower leagues as well so um, we had quite a, um, a, a sort of new side at the time as well uh, alongside just sort of myself and Ray Wilkins in midfield so um, but you know we, we were playing very well I mean Liverpool were playing very well if I remember rightly I think they'd won the previous week 7-0 uh, or 7-1 against Derby uh, and we're top of the league at the time, so it was always a difficult place to go and play, uh, as it is now, really. When you, whenever you go to Anfield, and it's obviously been seen since. But, um, but you know, we we had good players, and we uh, and we played well, defended well, and, and and you know, as you say, talking about that attention to detail as well, which maybe, maybe might be the uh, reason why. Uh, QPR have lost so many points that probably would have kept. Uh, kept the club up this season if uh, if many of those either draws or defeats were, were turned into draws and wins well, when you say attention to detail what what do you mean what level of detail makes the difference between getting a result thing, like that I mean, I, I, mean I, I must say I'm up in Manchester now and I don't see all the games that QPR play I see the highlights um, when I'm watching it but uh, I mean, just simple things like even against the Chelsea, uh, you know, I think it was a Chelsea game, um, the, um, you know, the ball from the goalkeeper goes up in the air and it's, you know, it's not quite, uh, and he had a great game, really had a good game, Rob Green, uh, if I remember rightly, and, 
know, he goes up in the air and suddenly, you know, they're on the attack last minute and score the goal. QPR should have won the game without a doubt. It should have been three get, three points. But you get the point. And that extra point gives you a chance of actually staying up. And it, it just seemed to me, from looking afar, that there's been too many games this 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 season where Rangers have played very, very well, but not either not got the win or not got the draw that they, uh, they need. And, and those points just add up over the season until uh, now. There's four games to go. I think it's four games. Um, and it's you run out of games. And you, you suddenly... I think uh, Chris Ramsey said he needed three ga- needed to win three games out of uh, out of four, and that's going to be very very difficult, especially playing away at Liverpool and Man City. Hi Simon, it's Chris here. How you doing? Hi Chris, yeah, very yeah. good. Thanks, very good. Yeah, um, I just wanted. I mean, you, you had. A, I think you played uh, probably double the games for QPR than you did any other team. Certainly three hundred plus, if I remember remember rightly. Mm. Um, and you were, uh, I mean, we'll come on to the the, the, the lows of relegation in a bit, but um, you were in the team that finished top team in London in 93. We had, uh, I think, three top 10 finishes, several, um, you know, 11, 12, 13. Um, and, um, it, you know, you said we were a good team, but, I mean, when we finished fifth and, you know, beat off the lights of Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal... Um, what because it wasn't just the t- I mean you know on paper those 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 squads probably had a better team so what was it that uh, that, that that managed to to galvanise us and to get us to, to where we were? Uh, good question. Um, I believe we had good players. You know, I keep going back to that, but it is about having good players. And 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 I suppose you can have good players, but you need a good team spirit as well. We had a very very good team spirit. Rangers Stadium, Loftus Road was a great stadium to play in. You know, even now I speak to people. Paul Allen, who works for the Q, uh, play, works for the PFA, who play for uh, Spurs. You know, he always said that he used to love playing at, uh, at QPR because it was such a tight stadium. The, uh, the 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 crowd were right on top of you. It was a great atmosphere, and and that still that still happens today. You know, I, I went down for the QPR Man City. Game and it was it was that extra extra man the uh, the Loftus Road crowd it was uh, it was absolutely buzzing the place and I think you know that that was that was the same then um, but we did have some very very good players I mean I, you know I always talk about the uh, first line of attack is your is your is your fullbacks and we had two of the best fullbacks in the game which was David Barsley and Clive Wilson. Um, and they and they were different class, you know. Great, great ability, great athletes. The pair of them, um, you know, people like Darren Peacock and Danny Maddox and uh, and Alan McDonald, you know, were, were good quality centre halves. Had a very, very good midfield over the years that we were there as well. Myself and Ray Wilkins and Ian Holloway, you know, good good midfield players. And then you know we also had people like um, Andy Sinton, who was a very, very good uh, winger. Andy Impey. Trevor Sinclair later on, you know, they were good players. And then obviously, you know, the, that era that I played in for the most part was Les Ferdinand, who had everything. I mean, to have a player like Les in your side just gave you the opportunity to win games because he'd score so many goals. Um, and then we had people like Roy Wegerly and uh, Gary Penrice and many, many players over the years. Over the years, Bradley Allen always chipped in with goals as well. Um they were good players. Uh, we had a good team spirit. 
Um, and as you said, you know, until 96 when we went down, we were never in a, re a relegation fight. I don't ever remember being in a relegation fight. You might, you know, maybe have some stats to tell me something different, but I don't, I, I don't remember that. Simon, this is a, it's a question sort of football-wide at the moment, but particularly relevant to QPR, who've obviously got two very difficult away games coming up. When you were, when you were playing in the early days of the Premier League, did you ever go into away games at the bigger teams thinking, well, well, we'll put everybody behind the ball and try and get a nil-nil? Because it just, it looks to me, I see it, you know, time and again, you know, clubs in the middle of the Premier League, you have sort of no hope of winning the Premier and just want to stay in. They seem to have this attitude to the difficult away games of, well, we'll just see how long we can keep it a nil-nil and maybe we'll get a draw. Was that attitude when you were playing or did you, you thought you could win every game? I think it depends on the, the, the team itself and you know how you're feeling at certain times when you're not playing well. And um, if you went to, I don't know, I'm trying to remember back in those days, if you went to a Manchester United at Old Trafford, it was difficult. You did have people behind the ball. But you, then you'd catch them on the break, and you'd you know you'd try and utilise your, your set plays, um, and then put pressure. You know, if, if you could get a goal, then you know the the pressure of the home fans on on the on the home team. So yeah, no, I, I don't think it was anything anything different. I mean, I remember the, the Liverpool game that we talked about, and the, uh, the the famous Man United result four one. We were playing very very well at the time, and I remember going into both those games very very confident because we had such good players and we played good football. Um, but you know, there's many other games where we would play defensively and, and, and put lots of people behind the ball. But we always felt we had the chance of getting a goal if you had somebody like a Les Ferdinand uh, up front. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's changed uh, that much. And, you know, you look at Chelsea now and, you know, Chelsea go and play against the top four or five teams and they go and play very defensive and catch on the break. And, and, it, and it's very, very su successful for them. But they've got very, very good defensive players. Um and it's that attention to detail that I talk about that, that makes a difference between winning and losing. Simon, it's Paul here. Um, it's interesting you say about the players that we had, but that was no accident. We had a really, really good youth structure. We had a fantastic scouting network, if I remember. And it, well, we did. It was, it was proven because yeah. we could sell the likes of Andy Sinton, bring in Trevor Sinclair, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and find the players that would, would fit in easily. And the the one thing that I got as well, we had strong characters because it had been at the club for an awful long time and I think that really helps. Whereas at the moment with QPR, we seem to have a revolving door transfer scenario all the time and every transfer window we build a new squad. Sometimes, is it stability? Did, did, were, there, were there strong characters in that dressing room most of the time that you were there? Um, when I played... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot, lots of strong characters, really. Uh, in there, you know, you had the experience of an Alan McDonald. Um, you know, David Barnes. Who, you know, had a lot of experience. Was there for nine years. I think I was there for ten years. Mac was probably there for thirteen years in the end. But you know, we had a lot of solidity uh, there, um, and um, you know, and then we all, as you said, a lot of the youth players that came into the side. You know, the, the Kevin Gallons, the Andy Impies, the Danny Dickios. You know, who came into the side and did very, very well. Carl Reddy as well. You know, there was there was a number of those players that came that, that came into the into the side, and and they bought well. You know, QPR bought very, very well. Andy Sinton, I remember from Brentford, was a lot of money at the time, about three hundred and fifty thousand, if I remember rightly. You know, I came at four hundred thousand pounds, which was a club record fee at the time in the in the late eighties. Um, you know, we had we had lots of very good players, and we used to sell a player every two years. I remember. 
you know, Andy Sinton went for a lot, a lot of money. I remember Paul Parker going. Um, but, you know, we, we replaced Andy Sinton with, uh, with a Trevor Sinclair. So, you know, that recruitment and selection is very, very important. And maybe if you look back now uh, at Rangers, maybe the recruitment and selection has been, has, has been up and down, maybe, um, and maybe more down than up. Um, you look at Charlie Austin, that's been a great signing. They reckon that, you know, it's very, very difficult getting all your signings right, but you need to get at least 50% of those right, if not more. Um, now, I'm not so sure that has particularly happened, I don't think, over the three, four, five years that, that, that uh, QPR have been sort of going up and going down. And, you know, if the worst does come to the worst and, and, and Rangers are relegated uh, this season, and hopefully that won't be the case, it's a very, very difficult league to get out of that championship as as as, as QPR knew. Um, you know, with that uh, that that playoff final against Derby, where really I think we all knew that Derby were by far the best side in that, uh, and it was it was just a godsend to actually get uh, back into the uh, Premier League. But need need to stay in the Premier League to keep building on. Uh, staying in that league and keep uh, attracting players while you're a Premier League side. You know, I think it's all been said that if QPR do fall out of the Premier League, it's going to be difficult to hold on to the best players. Simon, that um, that scouting operation that uh, we talked about back in the day. How did how did you come to to move down from Black? Because I, I heard a story; it may have even been from Jim Smith's uh, book, actually, that he he tried to sign you about eighteen months previously, and the Blackburn manager had said, "Oh, he's not ready yet, and I'll I'll call you when he is ready." And then, in about right. eight, about eighteen months later, he picked the phone up and said, "He's ready now," and you you got the move. How? Uh, what was your sort of recollection of that time and how you came to to move <laughs> south? Very different in those days in the eighties. I mean, I, I didn't have an agent. Um, you know, now you know agents are always speaking to clubs, and everybody knows what's going on if another club is interested. And sometimes that's a, a distraction. I mean, in in, in my era in the uh, sort of eighties, when I was at Blackburn and, and, and signed for, for Rangers in, in eighty eight, you know, I didn't have an agent. Agents weren't really around at that time, so it was clubs speaking to clubs. So I must say, I hadn't heard that. Um, I knew that my old manager, which was Bobby Saxon at Blackburn, knew Jim Smith because Jim Smith was a former Blackburn manager, um, and I was playing for the under twenty ones at that time. So maybe that was—I uh, don't know—I'd not heard that story that I wasn't ready or anything like that. But you know, I wanted to get and play at the highest level with Blackburn at the time, um, but they we, we failed or Blackburn failed in. Um, um, in the playoff um, semi-final against Chelsea, and then my contract was up, and then I had this opportunity to to sign for Rangers, which was great for me. I just wanted to go and and, and sort of test myself at the highest level. Um, so you know, it was a club record fee for for for, for Rangers, and it was a club record fee received by uh, by Blackman as well. So I think it worked out well for everybody, although possibly my first season at, at Rangers. Uh, didn't go to plan, and I didn't play half as much as I uh, as I thought I was going to uh, to do, and, um, and and I thought basically I, w- you know, I wasn't going to be able to make it at that level or, or at that club. Um, but um, it uh, it got better when Don Howe came to the club. He liked me as a player and got me in the side uh, when Trevor Francis was the manager, and then when he took over himself, my my career sort of really. Uh, you know, went went from went on in leaps and bounds, really, and I think that's important for most players when you've got a manager who actually believes in you and wants to play you. So, 
um, I will always be indebted to to Don Howe at, uh, at Rangers because you know I, after my first year, I never thought I was going to be there for ten years. Um, oh, it's Chris again. Uh, oh, now, now we're all QPR fans here, and I think we're all agreed that that sort of team, that era you played in, was one of the one of the golden eras for QPR. Like I mentioned earlier, the top team in London, holding our own against the big boys. Um, and you've you've also mentioned what you know, great players you had. Now, my question is: uh, Would any of the current QPR squad get into that team from back in the nineties? Uh, oh, good question. It's it's very very difficult because it's a, it was a totally different era. Um, you know, the the games moved on in different ways. Um, having said that, I must say I remember you know Don Howe bringing in the, in the late eighties, eighty nine, uh, bringing in a nutritionist, bringing in sports psychologists. Um, you know, we had a, uh, we had a woman uh, you know used to come and work with us in the afternoon with regard to you know plyometrics and things like that. So it was very much ahead of uh, the game was done uh, in that in that era. All stuff that's taken for granted now in in, in this era. Um, you know, players are uh, have so much more information now with Prozone and um, you know ev- everybody who can help them with different areas, but. You know, good players will be good players in, in any generation, as long as they take on. You know, with the new, with the, with the pitches, the balls, the uh, the boots. Um, so the good players of my era would definitely be good players in this era, without a doubt. Um, it's a difficult one to say. You know, could any of the current team play in uh, play in, 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 in the team that you know that, that, that I played in the eighties and the early nineties? It's just a very difficult one, that one. So all I would say is that I know that all the good players that, that I played with in that in that era would be very, very good players in this era. David Bardsley, Clyde Wilson, Les Ferdinand, you know, Roy Wegley, Ray Wilkins, I like to think myself, definitely Andy Sinton. Um, you know, those players are good, good players who, who play in, in this era and, play, and would really, really improve the uh, the Rangers well, side of, of now. Okay, well, that was nicely sidestep there, Simon. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I, I, just, just leading on from that, you talk about the modern era. I mean, you've got all these players and uh, our chairman on Twitter the whole time. Um, you know, I don't know what your opinion is on that, but anyway... Uh, uh, just thinking back to your your days, which of which of that current squad would have had the most to say on Twitter? Do you think back then? <laughs> oh well, definitely Les Ferdinand. Of course, he would do. I don't know whether he's on Twitter, is he, Les? So he, um, he would, uh, without a doubt, because he's the goal scorer. He was the uh, uh, you know the, the the star man of uh, of our side, without a doubt. Um, I know. Um, uh, who else is there that would uh, be interested? Uh, I think no, definitely, definitely, Les. Probably, uh, who else would there be? Paul Parker. Um, Alan McDonald used to have a bit to say, didn't he? Alan McDonald. Alan, Alan McDonald, yes, without a doubt, yeah. He's um, making a few. Uh, I, I see Dave Barsley on uh, Twitter quite a bit. Andy Impey on Twitter quite a bit. Uh, Trevor Sinclair. Definitely, I think would have been up there, but no, I think definitely Les would have been the uh, the, the main man with that. Nice uh, but no, it's I think the owner's great, and he, he uses he uses that a lot with regard to uh, his, his his airline business. Football's very different; it's very emotive, and uh, you know he, he talks to the fans and he talks to people. But it's difficult when you're losing games, and you're going to get people very bitter about things as well. 
Um, I'm sure he looks back on, on lots of good decisions and lots of bad decisions. I think he's always had the club at, uh, at his uh, best interests at heart, without a doubt. But uh, it's been very much a roller coaster um, few years, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Simon, thank you very much for coming on. Just before we go, very quickly, will we do it? Four games to go. <clears throat> it's... Uh, I don't like to say this, but I've been saying that Rangers need to keep picking points up, and they haven't. And my biggest, biggest worry now is that it, it might be too late. It might be too late. I wouldn't be saying that if I was the manager of the club or uh, if I was in the dressing room, um, because you've got to believe. If you, once you stop believing, you've got no chance. Don't worry, we'll edit that to make it sound like you said yes. It's not going to happen. But then Leicester were out of it, so you never know. You never know. One other thing, Simon. Um, In all your time at QPR, you came down and you you became one of us. And you you wore that shit with pride. And um, seriously, thank you. And also, your testimonial was brilliant, by the way. One of the, one of the best laughs I've ever There's had. Jamaica, keep... right? Yeah, but it was. Oh, yeah. I've never seen so many stoned people in, in the loft ever. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're and, not wrong. And, you haven't got a clue who I was, by the way. But, uh... I, I, think, I think I think you were like a subplot the whole day. I think somewhere, Simon. But you know, you, you were amazing for our club. And um, you know, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in a day when when players come in for a lot of money, it's, it's a shame we don't have the people that had your your your, your what you did for the, on the pitch and had your mindset because we could friggin' do with them but thanks ever so much for what you've done for QPR we do appreciate it and you'll always be welcome back in the loft and come for a pint one day that's very kind of you to say so and it's, uh, it's much appreciated and uh, you know the club is very very close to my heart without a doubt and I wish you all the very very best fingers crossed and you never know you keep believing and hopefully Rangers will stay up all the best lads thanks, thanks, thank you. thanks so much take care guys. all the best bye 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 Top man, I, yeah, I, I, God, I forgot that was his testimony. I, I couldn't. I would, this is the only time I've ever been in the school end. I couldn't get tickets because it sort of, sort of came to the party late and got in the it school the end. Party. School end. I couldn't. I couldn't even see the pitch. It was just this haze of smoke in the back there. It was. It was amazing. Of course, I didn't inhale before anybody else. But the thing is, it's interesting. He made a lot of good points, sir. Yeah, really good points. And him being the PFA, he knows about football. But the thing is, he didn't have an agent. Managers doing. Is a player ready? Yeah, that, that story yeah. about him coming from Blackburn is true. That the, oh, Jim Smith went to, to Blackburn to buy him, and the Blackburn manager said, "No, oh, he's not ready for that yet." And the, he said, "Don't, I will, I like, I'll call you when he is." And mm. eighteen months later, he rang Jim Smith. Oh, he, he's ready now. But uh, the key thing to come out of that was that Don Howe got a, a woman to come and work with him in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that was, yeah. that's what that's what we're missing. Yeah, I think. Uh, we've, race, uh, we've answered uh, uh, all the Finney, questions. We there. should like do an app. <laughs> where you, you can press a button and you'll thank someone for everything they've done for the club. You know there's the Alan Partridge app and you like press it and there he goes... Well, it could have Dom for and that'll never happen. Yeah. More you didn't do it with Ned Zelich either. No. If you've never listened to the Ned Zelich interview, <laughs> then we did it about three years ago. The guy... Who was he did his best, didn't he? Did oh, you hear that night? No, I gave you his email. To, that's right. <laughs> to be fair, he fronted up to it. He's like, yeah, mate, I wasn't we any good. We ended up down for a drink, didn't we? He was great. But the thing is, I mean, going back to... We've, yes. We've got to, we've got to people like Barker, it, 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 it was proper scouting. It was... We were planning to sell a player. We already had a place lined up. Now it's 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 completely backwards what we're doing. I mean, mm. everyone talks about youth, but the thing is, our youth has been so badly run for so many years now that you, you, it's going to take a long time to turn that around. Doesn't it's very sca- galling seeing players like Aaron Cresswell. I found that really galling yeah, on Saturday, yeah. seeing a player that had been playing against us for Ipswich for years 
and just has been picked up by West Ham for three million quid. And everybody was saying for years, there's this guy here and we've mm. had Fabio at left back. We've had Ty Taylor at left back. Oh. <laughs> you know, we've been playing Clint Hill at left back who's a centre back. All you just think of some of the things we've done. So I didn't mind Taylor well, while Aaron, yeah. Cre- while Aaron Cresswell has just been yeah. sitting at played Ipswich, with I found it just that boring. that interview actually sums up the difference in scouting because now we scout through we get a player in on how well the agent can sell them. Whereas no, in like Simon Barker's well day, there weren't any agents, so it was done on form and scouting and those yeah, traditional things. Yeah, but you're missing one fatal thing as well, David. QPR were known then as a team that would actually play players like that and give them a chance and a good stepping stone to go further on up. And th- that was another reason people have like, got Guy Bannister, we've got people like Simon Barker, we've got Andy Sinton, we've got all them players because people trusted us because we couldn't get mm. it wrong in them days. Mm. We didn't have an awful lot of money. We had to get more or less 96% of transfers right. I've got it in my head. The timings might not be right. I've got it in my head that the replacement for Paul Parker was Darren Peacock. Darren Peacock right? and Tilson. And may not have the timing. Darren, right. Peacock, Darren Peacock and Andy Tilson arrived at pretty much the same time and in Brevin about well. 1990 when Bobby Gould came as assistant manager because we'd lost a whole load of players to injury, mostly centre backs. And I think Parker was one of them that was injured. Right. And they brought and okay. we were in a real bad run up to Christmas and we were bottom. I'm and sure it was Derby away. I was Bobby there. Gould came as assistant manager and he got Tilson from Grimsby and Peacock from Hereford and Brevet from Doncaster. Doncaster. Mm. And we beat Sunderland on like December the 20th-ish. But, uh, Only ish, Atten- Attendance. What's beat, the attendance? Yeah, attention today, to Clive. detail, Clive. We beat the them three two. What did you have for your breakfast that day? We beat them 3-2 yeah, right. and I think there were three, there were three penalties in the game. But... It it was Bobby Gould that brought them, but I think it was at the same time as Parker was there because I think Parker was one of the players that was injured. Maddox was injured, McDonald was injured, Parker was injured. We didn't have any centre backs. Mm. But the thing is, now it's, it seems to me, and, and you got to be honest, people are saying to the managers, we can't keep blaming Mark Hughes, we can't keep blaming Harry Redknapp, we can't keep blaming these people that come in. The board have got to take a lot of responsibility as well. I know we had Wembley, we went up, but it was it kind of masked a lot of things were wrong with the club. We had the most expensive team. We had, we should have walked that league. Obviously, things seem to happen. And it was a fantastic day. You win sort of for anything, but the board have got to grab the reins of this and 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 and, and just stop bullshitting the fans and actually start coming out, talking to the fans, have a fans form, front it up, and just be honest because. Rangers fans will forgive them. We will work together, but they've got to stop this. It's all right. Next game's a must game. Next game's next must win. It's over. Plan for next season, but get it right. It'd be interesting if we if once it's confirmed, because last time it was confirmed, we continued picking Basinga and people like that. We didn't give, we didn't put Mackie back in the team. We didn't put Harriman in the team until the last game. Be interesting if it does I get confirmed. I think that's a given that he'll if if when etc. We go. We it's confirmed he's going to play the young players because he's desperate to, isn't he? I, I did want to. I've been told to. A couple of things we need to get through because Gabe, the engineer, is giving me the international hand signal for hurry up. Uh, just before we got, went on the, the same hand signal that Ronnie O'Sullivan used during his uh, victory yesterday. I didn't see that. Oh right, okay. Okay. Um, just before we went to the interview, you asked Chris. You said, "So do we all think? Do we all think it's over then?" Yeah. Do we all think it's over then? We're going to win more games than we won pretty all season for last. Well, we won two in ten, and all of a sudden now we win. Need to win two to three in four. It would be so QPR to do that, but <laughs> I don't. I, well, I, it, it has been so, done before. Port, yeah. Portsmouth and Fulham have done it before, and I did. We said Sunderland. in Wigan, yeah. Wigan, Wigan were masters at it for a couple mm. of years. Well, Sunderland did it last last season. Yeah, mm. so it, it's not impossible. Um, under Rob, when Rob Green was there, so yeah. yeah. 
They won at Manu on the last. But then, day. for all those teams that have done it, I could name you nine hundred forty-seven that haven't done it, and unfortunately, I don't do it now because we, we haven't team, got very long <laughs> to the <laughs> end of the podcast. Well, cl- 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 team of ninety-one, that's not bad. Uh, Clive just looked at me and said, "Actually, it was nine hundred forty-eight." Yes. yes. <laughs> well, we did. We, we did say in the pub on Saturday, wouldn't it be just like QPR to mess this one up and then win at Liverpool yeah. next week? So maybe that's what we're going to do. It's I mean, a big I, ask. It's a big ask. I, I think the thing is, I mean, if I if if, if I was talking objectively about this. And somebody said, who's going to go now? I'll say, well, Burnley and QPR are gone, and then it's between. But, I mean, that's, you know, if you're mm. looking at it rationally. But, unfortunately, there's that bit about being a QPR fan, maybe being any football fan, that then you start to think, well, maybe we could win at Liverpool, and maybe we could get something at Manchester. It was that random West Brom game, because I'd yeah, give it, I give—I sort of, well, yeah. if we don't beat Everton, then it's, well, you know, it's pretty much all over. Well, that's what they say, it's the hope that kills you, in it? And, you know, the thing that annoys me more than anything is the amount of points we give away. I know, it's, I think it's about 18 points or something stupid we give away the last five... 10 minutes, whatever. And that's just down to attention to detail. What's that embargo? And not being quite good enough. And not, we're not good enough. We're, we're not we're, quite, we're, are we? It's, but, this week mm. it's a penalty miss. The previous week it was something else. Something. But it's like, but it's, it's like Harry started the season. Oh, the Irish tour wasn't great. And I don't know what we did in Germany, but we went to Germany and that wasn't great either. Ireland was a bit rubbish as well. We should have played better teams, blah, blah. He organised it. Oh, yeah. After about five or six games, nobody's fit. You know, was that Harry Redknapp's Irish tour where he said the facilities were poor, and it turned out that he'd taken Tottenham to the same place? Yes, 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 yes. Like three years previous, no. it's incredible. And also the sheer, like you just mentioned it yourself, like no young players. It's always the same old names, and but also you do wonder: are we bringing names into the club that people, as well as Redknapp, wants as well because it sells airline tickets because it does this are big names we, we can market them in different ways as well are we buying players for the pitch are we playing for what they can do outside the pitch as well which hasn't worked either I certainly think there's been a degree over the may obviously not in January but previously I certainly think there was a degree of being on Sky Sports News in our Air Asia baseball caps on deadline day was a good thing and we had people piling really? in We're, yes I really do yeah absolutely yeah Absolutely. There's no football reason to be signing seven or eight new players every transfer window. There just isn't. However badly run your club is, and our club is badly run. No, but Harry was addicted to deals, wasn't he? Yeah, but Mark Hughes hasn't been at other clubs. And every deadline day, we have been piling players in through the door. And I do think there was a degree of it's good to, you know, we're on Sky Sports, top of the spending thing. Good for publicity. I do think there was a difference. Well, the Hughes thing, I mean, I think that was more to the fact that he, he, he shared his agent was Kia Girabchian. I think, Girab- yeah, there was, there was an element of that as well. But I don't. You, do you think Mark Hughes wanted Ji Sung Park to be captain, just as a, well, an example plucked out of thin air? No, well, that's. That, I mean, that, that, that is a very obvious one. And I mm. think that would have happened at, you know, quite a few other clubs. I think we could say, no, you, you need someone to say no to manager as well. You need someone who is in the boardroom, who's got a CEO, I don't care, whoever. To come in and say you're not having him, you work with what you've got. Well, that it feels like they have learnt that after four or five years. Potentially, why Harry went. I mean, obviously his knee, etc. Yeah, we know that knee. Pray for Harry. They've learnt a two hundred million pound missing that we have got nothing to show for, and the fans certainly Wembley as a kick on, but it was a brilliant day. We all know that. We're not going to argue about that. But we've got nothing. We spent two hundred million quid. We've got nothing to show for it. Another relegation. I mean, the fans do not deserve another relegation. We had to stay in the league this season because the Football League, after falling and all that with that, are going to be rubbing their hands when we get relegated because they're going to absolutely hammer us when we go down to the, the championship. Does anyone in this room genuinely think that we, we, we just might do it? Not anymore, sadly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'll get hammered on the financial fair play thing. I think no? it'll just... Okay. No, no. I do, I, what, lawyer what, costs and things like that. I, th- I just think it'll the all disappear lawyer costs, into smoke and the, mirrors. The, law- the cost for the okay. lawyers will be far less 
than than like any increased loss from us going down. They basically have they'll spend what they need to on lawyers. To they've get admitted out of that. themselves the football league because they've changed the rules. They've admitted that the rules they they were working under okay. that they want to punish us under were unworkable. Mm. So I th- I think we'll be able to get some fancy high price lawyer yeah. who will who will get us out of that. But isn't that sad? Really, you know, that's the sort of thing that other clubs do that. Yeah, pisses me off. But also, that's, sorry, I, I, I don't two hundred pounds. So well. Two hundred million pounds. He like. said. He said one. He had one there's, slip. There's, out I said one accidentally. Ten minutes ago. No, when I sorry, said the wrong I word. But there's also nothing being built for the fans either. There's no. There's no youth system p- properly put in place. There's no. Um, the, uh, Loftus Road hasn't been upgraded that much that anyone's going to notice a difference for the fan experience. Sometimes at Loftus Road isn't that great. We've got a new stadium coming. Aye, and so is, I'll, be um, dead, I'll be dead before <laughs> that ground's built. I, mean, I, said, it, I said it. I said it on this podcast three years ago. That pod, that ground will not happen while I'm alive. Not in my lifetime. No, they try to. They I can't even build a training yeah. ground. You, you're going to build a massive site. stadium yeah. on a polluted brownfield site. I don't think so. Oz end. Anything we haven't talked about you'd like to say, Paul, you usually like to thank someone who's provided you with goods or services who's a, a random QPR well, like fan. Ridgewell Windows or something like that. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Is that the one that sorted your back doors out, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and, Ridgewell oh, Windows and Doors. Colin's Col- 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 Motors has always sorted me van out, and God knows they, they, they got the work piled up on that one. No, um, actually, it's quite a weird one because um, atmosphere has been really odd this season. Hasn't it really? I mean, it's not just me. Around the whole place, the ground. I just want to get back to a good atmosphere. It's it's it's, it's annoying that it's not rocking like it used to. Even in the days when we were, I really... didn't even think it was that rocking for Chelsea for no. a Chelsea game. Well, it was better than what it's been. Not like in 2011. I remember it was electric walking in that one nil. But that was Warnock just been promoted, club all together. Had been yeah. for a long time. It's just a sort of resignation about the place. I exactly. think it's all the half and halves. Uh, do you know what? Half and half they, QPR Chelsea scarves. I wasn't on last week, but kill them with fire. Like, <laughs> I tried to throw one in the toilet. There's a guy having a piss beside me, and I was trying to grab it off and throw it in the urinal because I was, wasn't having it. Like the Chelsea bet would have left the QPR bit alone. But even that is, was it QP Rangers as well? I oh, know. Uh, my mate tried to burn one of his going past. It was quite funny. Anyway, the other thing, it puts things in perspective. I bumped into Paul Parr on Saturday on the way to the game. His dad died a few weeks ago, and he used to meet him before matches in the White Horse and stuff like that. There. And stupidly, I didn't know when I sort of said to him, oh God, what do you think today sort of thing? And it was like, Phew. and that set, sums it up really. Real life is out there. We're, we're just facing relegation. There's a guy that's got a real tragedy in his hand. So mm. my thoughts to him and his family at this time as well. But that's all I want to say, basically. My R's end is, um, yeah, can we just please beat Liverpool and Man City and then just someone confirm that the, the moon is indeed made of blue cheese and uh, I'll be very happy with Your that. R's end of the show is a, a cry out to God. Yeah, basically, right, okay. yeah. Right, to yeah. be Liverpool Who's been conspicuous by his absence for most of this season, <laughs> yeah. it should be said. You know. yeah. It appeared once last season in May, but for 45 years yeah. in my Listen, life... Listen, you know, one yeah, Sean Wright Phillips goal at Chelsea, that's wearing a bit thin now, we could do with something yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. Clive? Uh, we're editing the photographs of the match uh, on Saturday, as I, as I do with my Sunday evenings. Uh, the picture of Charlie Austin's penalty, there are 31 supporters in view behind the goal 15 of them are filming it on their mobile phones oh. including four lads on the front row who are clearly all together so they all four friends now have the same grainy 
30 second clip of a Charlie Austin penalty miss and I see this at concerts as well but when are you showing people you that go to video you go to you go to Charlie a con- Austin taking a penalty that you could have seen on match of the day you go to a concert and you stand 80 yards away from the stage and you film the whole thing on your mobile phone and the sound's too loud so it's distorted and it's too dark so you can't see who's there who are these people and what is wrong with them why are we going around, you know, let's get, you know, a deep point. Why are we going around filming like, I've never, life I, in little I've never had anyone clips? say to me, I went to the game at the weekend, look at this clip that I got and shown me something. I fear the for the first person that does say that to me. <laughs> I think it's called modern football and the premiership. It will not And we come, we come back to the t-shirt we started with. That's one thing I won't miss, actually. If uh, we, if the we... sponsors would be very upset at you calling it the premiership, by the way. Good. Barclays spend millions of pounds calling it the Premier League, not the Premiership. Good. That's and why that, I made that point. To be good. fair, I never banked with Barclays because of what they did in the early season. I, think I should, once had a meeting with Barclays. We should call it the Premiership on here from now on for that reason. I, exactly. I once had a meeting with a sponsor of the Premier League, who's a bank, who's got a blue logo, and I called it the Premiership, and they nearly frog-marched me out of the building. Good. For not right, calling well, it the Premier I will, League. I will adjust off for words and call it the Premiership from now on. But, but going back <laughs> yeah, to that, that's one exactly. thing I won't miss. I won't miss the half and half scarves. People who clearly sit the seats who don't give an absolute rat about what happens in the pitch are about five yards away from you half a time. Don't care about the football club. Don't get the atmosphere. Don't get involved. And um, expensive away tickets. What I will miss is the money that my club and our club much need to keep going. Mm. Well, you uh, won't miss it. I don't know what you mean. The fear of what's coming. Uh, the only There's th- always a fear of what's dun, coming. Dun, dun. <laughs> but single comes in as player manager. Well, I'll, I'll take that into a segue. Of, in, uh, the fear of what's coming. What's coming on May the 26th is our end of season live podcast. That this is my R's end. We don't have all the details yet. We're gonna be we'll put them up online in in the next week or so. But just to tip you off, we're gonna have a live podcast. It's gonna be at the Good Ship in Kilburn, Paul, with a bit of luck. We will have a special guest there. Um, and all the ticket prices and how you can get tickets and everything like that will be on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at QPR Pod. Um, we've done it uh, the last couple of years. Gone down really well. A year ago we had uh, Rodney Marsh and. And Kevin Gallon down, it was a brilliant night. It's going to be after the end of the season. So it will either be an end of season party or wake, depending on um, what happens. So keep post. Uh, we'll keep you posted and follow us on Twitter for that. Right. But you just turn up and thank David Fraser for everything he's done for the podcast. <laughs> Predictions to- for Saturday. <laughs> Quick prediction for Saturday. Liverpool, Queen's Park Rangers. I'll go... For one nil QPR. Yeah, I was going to say one nil QPR. It's a good bound to happen. Reelers back in. Keep spending that money, Chris. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll say one nil QPR. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got to do it, Paul. You've got to do it. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I'm being a disgraceful fan. I'm not even going. I'm bugging off to Belfast. What's I'm, the score I, though? And I'm going to be ashamed of myself because I, I would love to go, but I, that's another reason I hate as well. Anfield. It's so plastic and so horrible. And the, the, score. The, 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 score. Answer the question, Paul. Oh, uh, I, I think we'll get a one all draw. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that, yeah, that, you know, that would just prolong That's the agony. That's just enough to prolong the agony, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll score. Mm. I, I worry what they'll do. Well, the important ones, actually, are probably the midweek ones. The day after tomorrow, aren't they? Hull, Hull are playing Liverpool. Hull playing Liverpool and... Sunderland are playing someone. Why are you still giving yourself hope? All right. 
Oh, yeah. Sunderland are playing Arsenal. And Leicester are but playing why, why Chelsea. Why you give yourself yeah. hope? The hope will kill you. Yeah. If it doesn't kill you, it's the really depressing. That's the title of the podcast. Right. The hope will kill you. It's the hope that kills you. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Next week is Bank Holiday Monday, so I don't think we'll be doing it on a Monday. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know on Twitter where and when we're doing it. Thank you for listening. This has been the QPR Podcast. QPR. The QPR podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production.